Hello and welcome to Wine Blast. I'm Susie Barry and I'm here, as ever, with my husband and fellow master of wine, Peter Richards. And this is a special moment because this is the finale, the the climax of season two. Summer is coming. Well... (laughs) So, well, I'll go that far. It might be a climax of season two. I'm not, sure. I'm not sure summer's coming. <laughs> no, but so it, the point is it's time for us all to have a break. Indeed. We uh, all need a break. Not that we'll be having much, anyone will be having much of a break this summer. I don't know. Anyway. We might. We may not have holidays abroad, but we might have a bit of a break. We have to Staycations. Breaks. Staycations. Yeah, with wine. Yeah. There we go. Uh, <laughs> wine will get us through. You know, plus this is not so much a goodbye as an au revoir because we will be storming back. You know, after the summer, won't we? With some, promise. some brilliant new episodes, uh, including revisiting Bordeaux. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll be picking up on our big English wine adventure again, and lots of other really fun and intriguing things, which um, we can't quite talk about just yet because you know they're under wraps. We haven't decided is what you're trying sure, to say, no, honestly. That's no, that's not it. Move on. <laughs> Move on. Anyway, in the meantime, um, there is a pretty healthy back catalogue for for everyone to catch up on if there are any episodes that you happen to have missed. Um, We featured, what have we featured? Burgundy Mm. to Bordeaux, uh, New Zealand Sauvignon Blanc, Sam Neill, um, gosh, what a mix, sweet chilli crisps I seem to remember coming into one episode. Dry drinking Mm. was an an interesting one. Um, Mm. Wine intolerances, I love that one. And and actually there were some homemade sausage rolls, were there not? I'm glad you picked up on the homemade sausage rolls. Mm. Um, Are you hoping for some more? I am. That was my way of saying, can we have some more <laughs> homemade When are we getting more? Because I am addicted to those things, seriously. Too good. Um, now, do you know how many episodes we're up to now? I don't, but Mr Facts and Figures, I'm sure you're going to tell me. 51. 51. A half century of, of wine-soaked chat. Almost your that? age. Just... Not quite. <laughs> um, right, okay, I'm going to come off that and say, say, can can I get away with a shameless plug? At this I'm point? sure you can, and okay. you will. Okay, I'll Do try it quickly. to get at least one in. Uh, voting and nominations for the 16th annual People's Choice Podcast Awards are now live. Um, Who knew? But, but, but not for much longer, I know. Well, uh, you know, we are in the running in the arts category, and it would be amazing uh, if you are lovely, lovely listeners who are way too busy for this kind of nonsense, mm-hmm. but you're also very, very, very kind and generous. Uh, if you could vote for us, we may get wine on the podcasting map. Flattery will get you, you everywhere, Mr. Well, Richard. No, so, we have got yeah. lovely listeners. So, so let's, um, let's, uh, let's tell everybody what they have to do. Okay, so head over to podcastawards.com. Uh, it says click here to vote on the homepage. You, you do have to register, but they delete your details after voting is over. It's all confidential. They don't share your info. Um, hopefully it shouldn't take too long to do Um, and in the drop down menu for the arts category you'll see uh, Wine Blast Um, Mm. and of course One vote from your mum well, Yes, no, I'd like to think that everyone would follow mum's lead on this one so (laughs) mum if you're listening no excuses and or maybe everyone else can show mum what to do because she'll probably be the last one to do it frankly Uh, you can vote (laughs) so mum you can vote in a whole load of other categories as well you know if you want to uh, which is fun Uh, but you have to do it by the end of July because that's when the deadline is and if you're listening after this you missed it sorry no worries all gone all gone and we probably didn't win but there you go never mind worth a shot Um, anyway so if we're asking people to to give us their time I think we uh, to do that um, we probably shouldn't waste their time now so let's crack on Mm -hmm. Um, there is one last thing to mention though and it's our big English wine adventure competition which is to find a name and a charity for our amazing Hampshire sparkling wines yeah, I think that was when was it series two episode 13 I think it was we talked about that wasn't well it? remembered heavens and yep, yep. um, we're going to be announcing the the winner when we when we finally get around to it on um to deciding on social media so keep an eye out for that mm-hmm. um and we're going to follow up um 
with you know some more information about that and with the winner etc etc in one of our first episodes back in season three um it's it's taking us a while to get there but um but that's Mm. because we want to get it right don't we and um we've had so many brilliant entries both for the name and the the charity we have we have it's true but you know people might read between the lines and think we can't actually agree no what would you say to what was your response i disagree Disagree. It I sounds disagree. like a politician's response. <laughs> I disagree that we could just can't agree. Can't you disagree that we can't right, whatever. Oh. Um, um oh. <laughs> let's go back to Moving the matter on. at hand, which is uh becoming a master of wine. Mm. The concluding part. The uh, part of the reason we tackled this topic in the first place was an email from Michael Bregenza in Austria, who was just about to embark on his sommelier exams and wanted to know about our journey or our take on our journey to becoming uh, Masters of Wine or MWs for short. Now, Michael has been back in touch after hearing the first episode to say the following. He said, uh, Hello, Susie and Peter. I just listened to your latest episode, Becoming a Master of Wine. I was so excited when you read out my email. Thank you so much for dedicating your time to this topic. It was so interesting and educational to hear about your journey to becoming MWs, especially Susie's experience in Rust was fun to hear. <laughs> it wasn't <laughs> fun t- to go through, Michael, I can tell you. Oh, there we go. Is that an example of Schadenfreude? Oh, uh, no. No, I think Michael's being nice. I'm so pleased I made somebody put, well, exactly. brought a smile to somebody's Rust face. Is, 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 is served it as a certainly positive didn't bring experience. a smile to mine. Everyone can laugh at you. Uh, on the, oh, and by the way, uh, uh, Michael continues, my familiar exam went great. Cheers. Well done, Michael. Uh, can't wait for part two. P.S. The pronunciation of my name was spot on. I think that was you. That wasn't was it? me, wasn't it? Well yes, done. thanks, Michael. Yeah. It's rare that I get a pronunciation right. Anyway, in return, here is part two. So, yes, in our in our first episode, we gave, didn't we, our take, mm. a, a personal and professional on yeah. tackling the MW. And we also got the establishment views from the Institute of Masters of Wine or the IMW. So, in this episode, we're going to flip things around and we're going to get other people's views. And we we have quite a few fascinating ones to share. Mm. Uh, we have a prospective student. We've got a current student, two of the most recently crowned MWs, and they've got some really good tips mm, to share. Do, yeah. um, and drum roll, scary music. The chief examiner for the tasting exam. With that drummer, I think everyone can get a sense of how flimsy our table is that we, that we record <laughs> yeah. on. But, you know, fair enough. Um, so the idea is to get some short, sharp blasts from each perspective. Hopefully, I don't know, paint as comprehensive a picture of this all this whole thing as possible. Which you know, and I think it's fair to say it may raise questions as well as provide answers. Um, we've had quite a bit of feedback, haven't we, after the first episode mm-hmm. on both fronts, which I... We probably I think, expect no less from prospective IMW exactly. students. Well, it's students, not just that, though. Students. It's from people who don't know anything about the exam who, yeah. who actually aren't in wine, but they're just... So, so um, I, you know, I think it's it's healthy and positive. Thank you. Keep, keep the feedback coming in. We're very happy to answer questions. Absolutely. And, and, uh, whatnot. Anyway, we're going to start at the top of the tree with Peter Marks, MW, the chair of the MW Practical or, or Tasting Exam. So Peter helps select the wines for the tasting paper and then he oversees all the examiners marking the tasting exam. Um, I, I would say, in short, an IMW VIP, isn't that's, he? That's a lot of acronyms. <laughs> I mean, he's, yes. he's probably, I think he's probably the one examiner um, whose who's mind the students would most want to tap into if they could. Yeah, that's fair to um, say. Yeah, yeah. So, so Peter's based in the Napa Valley in California. Lucky him. Yeah, can't be bad, can mm, it? Uh, mm. It was a beautiful Living day a when I spoke to him as well. Anyway, and anyway, our connection wasn't great on this call, I have to say. So please bear mm. with the with the sound quality. But I began by asking him what he wants to see from his students. My three main items that I look for: one is good tasting ability. You know, being able to just not only describe wines accurately, but also with a good 
detailed analysis. Uh, so some people can identify a wine, but don't always give enough details behind why uh, they found that to be a particular example of, uh, you know, Santemilion or uh, Grand Reserva Rioja, for example. So first thing is having really good tasting ability. Secondly, uh, they need to have excellent logic and deductive reasoning. Um, so it's often said that the tasting exam is uh, it's it's a theory exam with a tasting. So they can they might have the tasting ability, but they need to have the theory knowledge to be able to prove their answer. Um, and so what happens is they they use their evidence that they have from their good tasting ability, and then they could use good deductive reasoning and logic to prove their answers. I, and that requires, um, you know, a really good theory knowledge so they consider the different options. And as many students know, at least I hope they know, they can earn some valuable marks, even if they're incorrect in their final conclusion, as long as their logic is sound and they're using correct evidence from the class. You know, the, the other thing we like to say is that the when you do your practical exam, it's a little bit like uh, two skills. One is to taste like a detective. Again, that's the tasting ability and then prove like a lawyer. So having that ability to justify your answer. So besides tasting ability, uh, good logic and deductive reasoning, the third is the confidence. Uh, and I think confidence is a subtle thing that comes through oftentimes when the best students you can really see, they, they just put their answers down with authority and they, they feel very confident in what they're saying. Uh, and a good example is one might write as an answer, you know, considering different options, they might say, and such and such suggest and give, you know, a couple options, as opposed to somebody else who's less confident and might say such and such could be. You know, it's a very slight change in the words, but it has a huge impression on the reader when they read that answer. And I think uh, another example of confidence is one might be answering a question such as maturity. Uh, maturity really is two aspects. One is how old is the wine? And secondly, when is the wine you know, best to be consumed? And if the student reads that answer, they don't necessarily have to give a vintage um, you know, for how old it is. They could say it's you know, one to two years old or it's seven to eight years old. But if they have the confidence to put a vintage down, that shows uh, a lot of authority and, and confidence in that student that who does that. So those are the things I look for most importantly. What would you say is the, the biggest challenge to passing this exam? Um, I think it's it's having that experience and having the uh, ability to have tasted widely throughout the world, understanding different styles, understanding, um, again, the theory knowledge. One of the great things about this exam that is different from other blind tastings is that it really does consider not just identifying things, but you need to understand winemaking techniques. You need to be able to discuss quality. You need to be able to um, comment on commercial potential. Those are things that are so relevant to anybody working in the wine industry today. And those skills are tested. Again, it's a, it's a theory exam with a tasting. So as an examiner, you, you don't seem very scary, but I, I think, you know, all examiners are a little bit scary. What, what is your biggest bugbear? Uh, what, would, what, do you, what annoys you most that students do that they don't get right? I, I would say the biggest thing is and it's not as much of an issue anymore, but is handwriting. You know, when you're looking at hundreds of exams and you're trying to get through them um, and do justice to the student, if you can't read what they're putting on the paper, it's really hard. It, that said, a lot of students nowadays do type. Sometimes we notice students who 
who use computers tend to write a little bit too much. And that's in the here leading to a, another issue is a time management. You know, sometimes they're writing so much because they can type very quickly, but then they don't leave time for other uh, sections of the paper. Another thing is obviously, you know, the, we call them the uh, traditional howlers. I think when people make obvious mistakes, it's understood that sometimes just because of your nerves, uh, you might make a silly mistake. But if they're consistent throughout a paper or, or a few papers, then you really begin to um, doubt the ability of the student. You know, in recent times, I remember reading a, a student's note about vintage port and the production of vintage port, and it was aged in new oak. No, I don't think so. <laughs> or, you know, the difference between people confusing uh, Jura and Jurand Salm, for example. Um, that was in the last paper we had in 2019. People didn't quite understand those were different wines from different regions. That's difficult, isn't it? Um, and if you had if you had one top tip for students right now, what would it be? I would be, um, if I was studying right now, um, obviously do as much blind tasting under time conditions as you can. And if you're in a tasting group or if you're working with a mentor and you, you miss it, carefully look back and say why. Don't try to defend yourself, but be honest with yourself and, and un- understand where you went wrong. And then work on those, uh, those weaker skills that you might have. And for me, it was always mixing up Chenin Blanc and Sauvignon Blanc and Riesling uh, because they all have high acid. And you know, depending on the climate, they can have some similar characteristics. So, so I, I worked very closely and uh, arduously to make sure that I was able to find my markers for those wines. So I think just practicing and, and being honest when you do make a mistake uh, and go back and research why that's the case. And just as a final point, I mean, the exam is obviously hugely stressful for the students, but I imagine it's pretty stressful for the examiners too. What, what do you do to unwind, Peter, when, you, when your duties are, are done as an MW examiner? Well, the same thing I did when I was pre- preparing for the exam. Um, I believe there's a lot of mental preparation that needs to be done as well. Um, for me, uh, I meditate every day. I also uh, try to get outside and bike ride here in the beautiful Napa Valley, which is great time of year to do that. And when I'm out there, you know, it's just, you know, breathing that fresh air. And, and you know, it's also a time you can think and uh, contemplate other things. And it's thoughts seem to be uh, more come more clearly uh, when you're in that space. Um, and I think that's a good thing to do if you're a student as well. Peter, thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you, Susie. Some brilliant tips there. Mm. Um, and, and, and not just about meditating in fresh air, which, which by the way, I think is, is, is a lovely idea. I'd love to be able to do that. Um, but also the theory knowledge that you need for the tasting exam and also the importance of, of sort of, of, of confidence of sounding plausible and authoritative yeah really interesting the examples he gave about that yeah i remember when we were doing it you know it was, it was plausible and, and authoritative without sounding arrogant it's a really fine fine, fine, fine line to, to but also to, but the fact he gave some actually very specific examples yes people, it's easy to say that in theory yeah. but actually he to gave get very specific, specific actually, examples then you get a sense for what, uh-huh. what he means by that absolutely and maybe and maybe i love the bit i mean maybe buying a good pen to write with <laughs> Yeah. It's hard the writing. It's yep. you know, there's a lot of writing, and even if you're on a computer, then not overwriting. Mm, you know, all of all 
really good advice, um, probably for life in general, but, yeah. but certainly for MW yeah. students um, in particular. Yeah. So talking advice, I, I also spoke to uh, Gabriele Gorelli, and he's the first Italian master of wine and one yeah. of the very newest MWs. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Gabriele passed in 2021, having not done any previous qualifications with the Wine and Spirits Education Trust, which is advised, that's to be amazing. honest. That's, I mean, that's, he's, uh, he's, he's pretty, had to get pretty the, cool, the isn't he? Criteria I know, I know, I know. Trying to do that without yeah, doing... Okay. I don't know, I don't know. Anyway, Gabrielle is a brand builder and designer by trade. And, and my first question was to ask his top tips for passing the MW exam. Okay, being second language as I am, uh, I think you need to scroll from yourself the Mediterranean attitudes and to be very concise and to be very precise and schematic in what you do. Uh, especially as like me, uh, I didn't make any WSET education before the program. So I just, it was just, you know, a, a foolish act to start with the, <laughs> the NW rights without having anything apart from uh, a sommelier diploma. So you need to be very thoughtful on what you what you do and uh, work in a in a very methodical way. So I, I mean I know you you do have a degree in foreign languages, but as you say, um, I mean you speak French and English, but uh, but as you say, you know you are Italian. It's not your first language. Um, I mean that must have been particularly difficult with something like the Master of Wine exam. Exactly. Yes. Especially because it is not only language thing, it's an attitude. It's an inner, an inner attitude that people have by themselves. So if you are Italian, you are educated to be a bit flowery in your expression. You're educated to be Mediterranean, in, I mean, in, in the broader sense. Uh, while if you're training for the master wine, you have to be very disciplinated and you cannot waste words and you cannot be ambiguous in your expression so you must have your own vocabulary and use the words in a very thoughtful way and also uh, as speaking about the practical as a friend of mine said a few years ago uh, this is a theory exam with a practical component so you must know your theory it's not just, you know, talent. It's not, on, it's not about talent. It's, not, it's about training. It's something that you build. And you surely you have to build the theory and then you build up with the practical on the theory. You cannot taste from the outset, like uh, not knowing anything. You might be the best taster in the room, the best taster in the room, but it, it, there's no point because you, if you don't know theory, you will never go through. That's such a good point. Um, I think, you know, sometimes people see blind tasting, as it were, as a bit of a, a kind of a party trick. But actually, when it comes to the MW, it's so different to that, isn't it? Um, I mean, obviously, there were challenges, but what were the high points, apart from passing, of course? Uh, well, the high points, I think you got so much from this program. You get so much because you need to be very disciplined in what you do. And at some point, you realize if you want to pass, you need to do that as it is your daytime job. So by the time you realize that, and I realized that the second year I, I sat the exam, it was April, late April, I realized, okay, I need to do this thing one day after another as it was my daytime job. And you change your mindset. You 
totally are in, in another world. And this is especially beneficial when you come back to your actual uh, job and you, you import a lot of energy, methods, which is the most important thing. And of course, the, you have the ability to uh, correctly dose your energies. And this was also because I started to have a specific diet uh, and to, to wake up very early in the morning. So these are pillars of my education, of my MW uh, course and process that stayed in my life. And uh, now I, I'm what I wanted to be, because now I am an MW, but I'm used to work as I prepared for the NW. So something that stays for you, it's not only those two beautiful letters after you make it, it's something that you grab from the process and it, it's yours and you make the difference. You have not only another gear, I would say two, the overdrive. I think that's great. I mean, it's like like being you're, you're the elite athlete, aren't you, of, of the MWs? Um, but just and finally, um, do you have any uh, other advice uh, for current students or maybe people thinking they they might embark on the on the MW? Okay, uh, of course, I would advise to to take the W set uh, education before getting into this uh, crazy MW program, but also. You need to you need to change yourself. I I think the, the the main message is to change yourself. You you need to uh, be unaware that it is impossible. For example, I give you I give you this example. Uh, we were training for the dry notes, so we were training for the practical, and we were very long in our notes. So we realized. You have only a few seconds to, to score uh, a, a mark out of the um, 300 marks that you are allowed in, in the paper. And you have only a few words to do. Then you realize you only literally write meaningful words and not the, the one that you don't need. So at, at some point you realize you can do that, but you do it in a totally different manner. And that's the, the, the switch, that's the click that uh, people need to realize. For theory, is the same. You need to think, you said globally, but not only. You, you need to, to be very precise in what you show to people because you need to show that you have the global perspective, um, in meaning how things actually work. And then you go into uh, deeper details. But uh, it, it's more about the communication of... Uh, about what is the you know actual mechanism of the Cons thing concision cl concise clever communication gabrielli thank you so much thank you it's been a pleasure especially because Brilliant. my first boot camp was with you and peter Now, we have really fond memories of Gabriela, don't we, from, um, from one of the student tasting boot camps we ran. One of our camps uh, in Winchester. Exactly. Yeah. And just on that note, sorry, I've had an email, you won't see this, but I've had a lovely email from Matthew Hemming of W. Oh, yeah. And um, he, he, he literally just emailed this morning to say, just heard you talking about your 
he said he'd been listening to the, to, to the podcast. He said, just uh, heard you talking about your contact from the listener connected with The Simpsons. Awesome, by the way, Matthew. I'm so on, so with you on that. Anybody who hasn't listened to that episode is not going to have a clue what you're no, talking about. No, it doesn't but anyway, matter. Anyway, uh, we talk about The Simpsons in most episodes, we don't do. we? We uh, do. This is just another example. And it reminded me, carries on, Matthew, of something you said. I think at your Winchester boot camp all those years ago, it was during the wrap-up pep talk and you paraphrased Homer Simpson telling us that the MW exam wasn't about the passing or even the taking part. It was about how drunk you got afterwards. Um, he's, he says, I told Odney candidates that for about six years because he taught MW students. Yeah, so so we should off. explain there's a camp in Odney, isn't there? Yeah. Um, there's a sort of a, for, a, a you know, like a boot camp kind of thing, but run by the IMW. wine educator doing that and yeah. leading that. And look, so anyway, Matt, yeah. Matthew, thank you for Brilliant. writing in. I'm not sure. I actually, yeah. I, I actually publicly disowned that statement. I said, I don't think I ever said that. So, uh, <laughs> and that's, uh, I, I'm not sure I endorse those sentiments either. You cannot disown anything to do with Homer Simpson. On. Um, it's know, all your own fault. Back to Gabrielle. Back to Gabrielle. Yes. The way Gabriel yeah. describe he describes sort of starting the MW as a foolish act. Is it what a wonderful thing to say? You know, it's and brilliant. look at him now. Look know, at him now. Know. You know, quite a feat. Not so I foolish think. any longer. Exactly, quite a feat to do it in a second language. Though, I mean, Completely. wow. Especially given what he says about the fact it's not just about the language, yeah. but about the kind of um, different attitude. attitude I think of was, English the, was, thinking, was the phrase yeah. that he used. Yeah, wasn't yeah, it? yeah. It was. It was, that was a really interesting point he he made. I mean, it's not just about getting those two beautiful letters, as he puts <laughs> yeah. it, after his name. Um, but one of the one of the main benefits of, of of changing his mentality to do the MW exam was how it changed kind of the whole. Mm. way he does business and even how he yeah, sounds like yeah. even how he leads his life yeah it's pretty amazing isn't it and that actually talking about it is something that came out of my chat with with sumita or sumi sama uh, who's currently studying to take the big stage two exams um which this year is scheduled to start on i think it's 31st of october uh, august august, of august. Yeah. sorry they to got early postponed September. didn't they yeah after they were postponed from june due to covid they usually happen in june don't they and, and lockdown so um sumi's worked in the wine world for about the last eight years across a number of roles from production to service to marketing and, and wine communication. She's based in the UK uh, with a family background in India. And, and I think it's fair to say has had a steep learning curve having been originally in the banking industry and also, get this, a teetotaler for much of her life. Um, that's that's extraordinary. She has it? faced quite a few challenges uh, in embarking on and pursuing her MW studies, but she also has some positive things to say too. Uh, my first question to Sumi was how the studies are going. Mm, I don't think any student will say it's going great. <laughs> I think I think that the the studies are um, constructed in a way that you will always want to do more, and that is what I have found. That if you want, you can take a topic and you can just go deep down and just do everything. If it's about uh, you know malolactic bacteria, you just go all the way down. But it's about kind of knowing when to stop and then when to kind of set your um, yeah, when to start looking laterally across um, all the aspects and kind of, I think for me, yeah, it is, it is knitting through all of them. I think it's, it's, it's like a handcraft. Uh, I just relate uh, the studies and I, I, I know I'm trying to do best. Uh, I'm quite textured person. I think that that's the kind of um, analogy that I can use. <laughs> it's a lovely analogy. So you're just following on from that. I mean, what do you find the most challenging aspects of studying for the Master of Wine? Um, interesting question. Um, I think what I found challenging has kind of changed during the stages, and I have um, and I have realized it's a dynamism in the studies. Uh, you keep evolving as a as a student, 
and uh, you can you that has been challenging but also rewarding in in a funny way because uh, you feel as if oh my god i can't do it and then slowly it kind of builds in you and then you feel okay i i'm there but i don't know this uh, and i kind of don't know how to link this to this so it's um it's um it's the dynamism which is challenging and more so i used to think i am good at a subject like you know we have five theory papers but i have come to realize that at this point of time it is uh, you know well we were just talking informally it's linking across all those subjects trying to bring out all the macro aspects across all of them um i think it's um, needs a brain that's wired <laughs> I wish I were like 20 years younger. <laughs> well, I think we all do. So. <laughs> um, what about the tasting? How are you getting on with the tasting? Um, I'm, uh, I'll be very, I'll be the first person to say I am, I have, okay, just to give me a background, I have um, not tasted, I've not done wines given my background. Um, I only started tasting wines about uh, 12 to 15 years ago. I was a teetotaler um, until then. Oh, wow. So uh, wine has been a new field. But yes, as I jumped into it, it was literally like jumping into the sea. Uh, and so it's mm. it's I've kind of gone to the deep end. Sweet wines were never my favorite. Um, fortified wines only because... Uh, um, I find them too sweet, <laughs> and I and I am and I'm an Asian. I I like a lot of spice. On the challenge side of tastings, uh, I have really been working on my paper three, which is on the sweets and um, fortified wines. Yeah, it's 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 a tough one for me. What about the sort of more uh, personal? They're all you know. The MW is all encompassing studies. There's obviously a personal aspect to it as well. How do you find the sort of personal slash financial slash time side of things? Uh, yeah, uh, all of them. <laughs> all of them are uh, quite difficult. Uh, personal side, uh, yeah, definitely this particular situation that we are in, uh, we've been through a pandemic now running over 16 months, uh, has been very stressful. I'm a mother of two grown-up children and I've had two consecutive years, one with A-levels and now the second one with G GCSEs. Uh, needless to say, both of them have had extremely difficult times. And I think, um, and I've had to uh, spend a lot of time with my second one. My first one obviously came out at the start, but my second one was in the GCSE and I have a special needs son. He's, a, he's, uh, he's on the autism spectrum. So I've had to spend a lot of time homeschooling him during the lockdown because he wasn't able to really um, assimilate from the e-learning scheme as much as he could do from face to face. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, so there's a personal life that was impacted and then professional life, which was undergoing a change because everything I had to do online, I had to change all of my things into kind of videos, which also was a learning lesson for me. And then, uh, then the academic side, which was <laughs> also having to undergo a lot of uh, adaptation as well. And you, you know how the Institute has worked you know, miraculously through all this. I'm sure it's been difficult for them as well. So I've kind of told myself that I can do what I can do the best. And if I can't, I'm just going to, I'm, I'm, there's no point getting stressed out about things. If I, but I do want to make an effort and try, because if I don't try, then I won't know where, where I stand. And that's why I'm keen to keen to take the exam hopefully I don't get COVID <laughs> be a complete slap on the face if I do so I've told my my entire family mid of August I'm not seeing any one of you don't come near me don't, don't kiss me don't do anything you can do whatever you want I'm 
I'm isolating myself. Don't come near me in August. I love that. Um, but I think that's a wonderful uh, positive outlook, Simi. And I think I absolutely think you're doing the right thing. Um, goodness, you know, the best any of us can do is just do our best, hope good things happen. Um, otherwise, it's 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 very difficult at the moment, isn't it? So, moving on. What about positive experiences? What you know? What have been your most positive, uplifting experiences uh, of doing the Master of Wine studies? Uh, lots of positive experiences, actually. Um, first of all, connectivity, which I have gained. I don't think I would have um, been able to. I don't think I am that sort of person who goes out to connect with um, a producer in New Zealand who is kind of living out there. Uh, no, I, I would not have. I, it's it's just not me in my characters. It's really, really pushed me and made me think out of my box. It's, it's con- completely stretched my personality. Um, as an individual. Uh, and also it has made me quite confident, even though I, I'm no way close to being a master of wine. I, it, it, it's about uh, being adaptive and being open to learning, but also uh, accepting the fact that you will not know everything, but you should know most of the things and nothing should come as a surprise. It should come as an, oh, that makes sense. So it's an additional learning rather than, oh, I don't know about that. I mean, that is what I would like to see myself uh, once I finish. And I feel that there is a lot of development on that aspect that um, I have gained. So yes, connectivity is one, but also stimulation of the brain. Um, I, I also believe that this particular course is meant for a certain profile of people. Mm. Um, and you should be very, very open to, uh, to failing, to learning, and if, if, if you feel that you are not able to cope with it, then I think first you, you take it slower. You, 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 know, you, you take, take the steps slowly. It does, it's not something that you need to do it in, in three years. You can, I think it's about more than the knowledge content. It is about how you build up that uh, ability to be resilient and to accept defeat, but also move on with, with grit. That is the learning that I'm taking away. That's, that's really interesting to hear. Um, now, you've touched on your background a little bit and your context. Um, what does the wine trade and, to a certain extent, the, the Institute of Masters of Wine need to do to uh, improve on diversity and, and inclusivity? This is a very passionate topic for me, Peter, actually. I, I think steps have to be taken very slowly. We are just at a stage where we are getting aware of, of it. And no, there's no fault, maybe because the industry was just constructed in that way that there was no need to do so earlier, but now there is a need. Um, and I think that awareness is the pretty much the first stage and the most difficult stage. From awareness will come acceptance. And we're, 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 I'm not sure whether we have kind of moved on to that stage, we're kind of somewhere on the first stage of awareness, then there is acceptance, and then, then there is the action. So it's a it's a whole lot of steps um, and, and you cannot expect everything to happen within a month or two months or three months. It's going to be slow. It is going to be cross generations. It is going to evolve cross um, sex, cross genders, cross countries. And uh, there will be some places where things may not work um, and, and we need to be open about that. And obviously I'm in the middle of it. Uh, but yes, I think it is, it is something that will take time. And, you know, even you're talking about male, female, we are still at, at a stage where there are not even as many females in the wine trade. We're still fighting about that, you know, 
then moving on to this is another huge piece which which will need and then there is a lot more to it you know racism and countries and sex and special needs i think these are all and i have a special needs son as well so so i'm hoping that um in the next t- 10 years things will be a lot more better I, i'm not going to look at it day by day because it's quite frustrating because you don't see the the results immediately but i think we need to keep moving i think the the, the wheels need to move uh, in a positive direction and some you know there have to be people who have to keep pushing on and i'm very happy to be one of uh, those people but i think it'll it'll take effect it'll take effect slowly and i'm i'm quite practical about it because this is not this is a fundamental change that we're making um in terms of philosophy and thinking that will take some time you've been very vocal and 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 high profile in 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 calling for change and and um you've actually you worked in different industries in different sectors you've been in banking and 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 finance uh, as well as wine do you, do you think that two questions do you think wine is a lot worse than the other sectors you've seen and also you know what are these steps that need to happen you talk about things happening slowly but steps need need to need to happen what are they i'm not saying wine is worse wine has been much slower um and it came as a bit of a shock for me because i thought that when i was banking what was happening in banking um 20 years ago is what's happening now we need an authority but we also need backup with um regulatory legal parallel hr institutions to um and also the mission statement every organization should have a mission statement which forcefully incorporates this i think if things are not happening when you're speaking sweetly it has to be forced upon and sometimes it works actually if you make it compulsory people will start thinking in those lines a lot more consciously i think the point is not to just throw it upon people but to make conscious change and and yeah it has to be done together and you talk about authority does the institute of masters of wine have a role to play in that in making those changes happen oh yes absolutely um i i the course uh, the master of wine course is very british origin right it's of it's of a british origin and it molds itself to people who have studied in this particular field uh, or, or in this style of education now i have come from india and to be very honest the indian education is an offshoot of the british education because you know we were ruled by the british um but the the way of uh, writing answers the way of thinking is very different which is why i said that uh if you feel that you cannot you i think we can everybody can do the course but everybody will have to do it at a pace that suits their background definitely i do agree that the thinking process needs to be what it has to be because i do not want to go back to my style of thinking i think the way this the, the journey has brought me on into the style of thinking is um a lot more mature um it's a lot more uh, neutral without showing favoritism uh but it's also open to a lot more positive learning are there other ways of gaining that for uh, students from different background uh who have not been able to avail of this type of learning i think that is important for the institute to consider again it will take time to develop that but you will need people um uh, outside the british framework to kind of sit together and make that change and there are there are a lot of masters of wines who are doing that and i think that's great it should not become a qualification for elitism i think it should be it should be made as a qualification for gaining respect but not to be made an elite because i in i don't know whether it's it's what the image has been developed if if 
uh, that is the image, it's, it's wrong. I think the, I've seen some of the best uh, human beings uh, in the wine industry in the form of masters of wine. So it's, it's about um, gaining a title to be respected rather than to make yourself feel as if you're exclusive <laughs> and you're, you don't belong to the rest of the world. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm not in that. I'm, I'm not in for that. Sumi Sama, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks a lot. My pleasure. So we all need to steer clear of MW students in August. <laughs> yeah. We would not want to wreck years of preparation, uh, would cling, we now? Can we put cling film around them and us? And, and, and just, let's, just, let's just stay on our break. Let's just keep our distance. Taking two <laughs> miles, five miles, something like that. Use the phone. Um, We're on a staycation. Anyway, I think it was really interesting um, the way Simi said she, doing the MW programme has stretched her personality. Yeah. I think was the phrase she used, wasn't it? It's kind of helped her become more confident. I mean, she has properly embraced change in her life and career, hasn't she? She from, really has. You know, from being a teetotaler and a banker to a Master of Wine student. I mean, you know, that's what I call a growth mindset in my world. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. And actually, she's also very involved in, in the drive to promote diversity and inclusivity in wine, which, mm, um, yeah, yeah. which as she said, still has so far to go to, to mm. move beyond the, the initial stages of awareness to acceptance and then towards proactive change, mm. Um, mm. which, you know, to be fair, the IMW and, and Masters of Wine in general, they need to be involved with. And, and, and they are. And they um, are, you know, but we, more so and more so. You but know, it was good more to have that, that centre perspective, I think. Yeah. And, also, how she touched on on how the MW exam is, is kind of representative of a very British mentality, uh, which I think Gabrielle Gabrielle mentioned, mentioned too. Yes, as well. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, touched on that. You yeah, know, it's not yeah. it's not a bad thing in itself. Um, I think a point both of them made, but I think it could be made more accessible, especially in the early stages, to people, you know, not from that background or with those very specific skills. Yeah. And perhaps a committee of people not from that background would would be the ones yeah. to do that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And these these were these and other points were also what what I addressed with Magnavai or or Mags Janjo. Mm. Apparently, it's only his mother who calls him Magnavai, and when she's angry with him, when, she, when he's been. Naughty. When he's been a naughty boy. Oh. Anyway, Mags, Mags, as we will call yeah. him, so we're not cross with him at all. No. Uh, Mags <laughs> is sales director for MJ Wine Cellars, and he's also a wine educator for the WSET. Uh, he recently set up the BAME, or BAME Wine Professionals Initiative, with Jancis Robinson, and that's to to shine a spotlight on wine talent in the Black, Asian and minority... Minority? Can't speak now. I've got, <laughs> got tongue-tied. Minority ethnic communities. Um, Mags has just won the inaugural mm. Gold Vines MW Scholarship, which um, is pretty amazing. Uh, it's, it's for BAME or BIPOC students to fund the MW programme course and exam costs. Um, so it's worth around £12,500, mm. I think. Mm. So uh, anyway, he's preparing to embark on the course later this year. And I asked him what winning the scholarship meant to him. It's, it's, it's really an amazing opportunity. I mean, I've been in the wine trade for about um, 15 years or so. And there's, you know... It, we, we did a research a couple of years ago about kind of the cost of wine education. And more often than not, people who are going into wine education are taking it on as a second career. So after having gone through university with student loans and so on, you then got to you know pay whatever this is. And actually the number was about between 10 and 15,000 pounds. That's how much it costs from complete wine novice to achieving the WSCT diploma. But that's a lot of money to invest. And so kind of thinking, uh, we were kind of thinking about how do we improve diversity and so on. One of the major barriers, uh, barriers was, the, was the financial cost of actually, you know, being able to, um, to, to finance it. And um, so we, there was this kind of notion of that there's no interest in it and that, you know, people of 
other ethnic backgrounds don't have an interest in wine. And that we proved that to be false because, you know, with other um, w, other kind of educational um, schemes that we put together were always oversubscribed. So that told us that there's definitely an interest for it, just that one of the kind of obstacles to get over it was kind of the financial challenge for it. And so enter the golden vines, which, you know, kind of says, hey, we'll look for, you know, the, the best and brightest and we'll kind of sponsor you and give you, you know, take away that financial burden and allow you to go and express yourself and allow you to really tackle this head on. So it really it's a massive kind of, you know, weight off the shoulders approaching the, the uh, MW program, knowing that, OK, I don't have to worry about the finances, but with that comes the extra pressure. Of, you know, having having had this thing, you know, you know, have had the golden vines back you and pick you, then goes right, you know, you kind of have to deliver. So it's kind of a two-edged so which I'm really, really you know enthusiastic for. I'm looking yeah. forward to it. Are you? Are you? I mean, as as a prospective student, you know, how do you feel about about the the amount of work that's gonna be involved? Yeah, so you might know, Susie. Um I I took on the MW about two years ago. And to be honest, I mean, now in hindsight, this is 2020, it, it was a little bit too much too soon in that I did uh, two, three, four WACT all in the space of three years. So I did, you know, from nothing to having a diploma in three years. And immediately after my diploma, I was talking about, I received my results in July, August, and by September, I was in the MW program. However, you know, from a theoretical point of view, you know, I'm a huge wine nerd. Uh, you know, I really have that kind of appetite for consuming knowledge. And so theoretically, I could do most of what it asked me to do. The challenge, which you probably know was the tasting side, was just no, there is just no replace, you know, replacement for that. And so the Institute's um, feedback to me was, listen, take a year off, take two years off, go and taste some more, gain some industry experience and, and come back. And I think, you know, you know, looking at it now, at that time, it was a real kind of kick to the gut because I really wanted it and I really wanted to go for it. Um, but obviously, two years on, you think, actually, I definitely needed it. You know, so unplug from that study, 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 I think about four years, five years at that point. Um, so to unplug for it and to really engage with wine and try to understand it without the pressures of an exam. And now going into it, I feel like a significantly more rounded student. So. Fingers crossed. I'm looking forward to it. So just just to, to detail it, what do you get with the Golden Vine Scholarship? I mean, you obviously get your course fees paid. Do you get more than that? Yes, there is indeed. So there's there is the Golden the Golden Vine Scholarship is kind of a holistic scholarship. I mean, it is, you know, it's kind of one of one of its kind. I don't think anyone's ever done anything like it before. Um, it really looks at everything that a student will need to be able to pass, be it an MS or be it um, an MW program. So it comes with study opportunities. It comes with travel opportunities. There are several sponsors of the Golden Vines um, scholarship. Um, for example, you know, the Taylor Porthouse, we've got some Bordeaux negotiations. So there's an opportunity to travel, which, you know, it makes a huge part of what the wine trade is and the, the study part of it, because it's one thing reading about winemaking from a textbook. It's another thing, you know, chatting with a winemaker in a winery and talking about why do you do X over Y and so on. So it does kind of cover everything from, you know, the, the course fees, it links you up with mentors and links you up with people who have kind of been there, done that, who face similar challenges to you. And hopefully, you know, as a student, one can draw from that experience. So it really is kind of a really 360 
um, view of, of of MW or MS program, as it might be. So, Max, you've been you've been quite a prominent figure in the in the drive for inclusivity and diversity in wine. Um, you set up BAME with Jancis Robinson MW, and um, which helps the BAME wine community have more visibility and um, presumably more access to employment. What what do you feel the wine trade and particularly the IMW, given that's what what we're talking about right now, need to do to improve in that regard? I think we have, in the last 12 months, everyone who's in the wine industry will know that, you know, the industry has really picked up this diversity baton and ran with it. I think it's, 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 it's long overdue. I mean, like I mentioned, I was, I've been in the trade for well over 10 years. And I, I remember the early days of the trade, walking to a trade tasting and being the only person of color. And, it, it, you know, it had this kind of era or aura, sorry, of intimidation. You kind of, I personally, this is from my experience, felt kind of out of place. And it really was at getting and taste as, you know, taste what I wanted to taste and get out of there as quickly as possible. Because it just, with the greatest of respect, wasn't a welcoming space. And I think that's that's the this kind of starting point. We must understand one of the examples which, which I gave to one of my mentors was I was born in Cameroon, West Africa, on the coast of West Africa. And it's a small kind of shipping, not shipping, fishing town. Right. And I explained it to him by saying, imagine if you were kind of uprooted from from the UK or whatever that might be and placed into this, you know, this completely new. How would you want the people around there to act? How would you want them to behave? How would you want them to kind of accept you? So we really as an industry have to go above and beyond, you know, really have to think. Right. You know, in terms of if we want to drive diversity, we must first of all understand what diversity is. You know, for example, you know, is it hiring more, you know, making sure the gender equality is more balanced in the, in the industry? Is it making sure that we get an adequate representation of what our cities look like? For example, you know, I've been to tastings in Manchester, in London, which are hugely cosmopolitan cities, right? And you walk into a wine tasting and it's like you've stepped in a completely different kind of time shift. So our industry doesn't kind of look like the world we live in. And so that's the kind of starting point of understanding, right, what does diversity mean and how can we kind of, how can we make sure that, you know, we are breaking some of those barriers. And some of the last point I'll make on that is we have some, 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 some longstanding notions in our minds which are completely false. For example, you know, when we were setting up BAME Wine Professionals, the idea was, you know, a lot of, com- a lot of companies in the early days had resistance of, we, we don't really get, you know, um, interest from people from a, a diverse background. And one of the questions which we asked was, well, how do you advertise your jobs? And it turns out, you know, the jobs were being advertised or the opportunities were being advertised through the same channels over and over and over again. And so if you advertise through the same channels, you're going to keep attracting the same kind of students. So from, from an IMW point of view, I know that one of the huge pools for students is the WACT, you know, diploma graduate. It kind of makes sense that you go through WACT, you graduate a diploma, and you go to, into, you know, you might attend the IMW. So the IMW now has to think, right, you know, how, how else can we reach a wider audience? What else can we do to make sure that we're getting the best and brightest from all from different backgrounds? And I think that's a challenge that they face. I totally agree. Totally, totally. Mags, just just as as a final point, I mean, what are your own longer term aims? What are we going to see Mags Janjo doing in the future? Well, um, I mean, the MW is, it, it is, I mean, winning, winning the Golden Vine Scholarship is amazing. It's just like, but I liken it to, you know, when you, you've been accepted to run the London Marathon, it's like, great, you've got the acceptance, now you actually go, have to go and do it. So I think for the next kind of two to four years, it's kind of knuckle down, head and book and read, read, read. So, I mean, it's, and so it's, you know, it, it will mean so much 
but actually finally swim out. Because it's easy, um, as most students will, most students have gone through that experience, you know, not getting to the MW the first time round was the first time in my life I'd ever failed an exam. So it was really kind of gut check. And almost kind of really challenged me further to go, actually, I want to really, you know, approach this. And from a commercial point of view, it's growing MJ wine sellers and continuing to sell amazing wines for independents and, and supermarkets. So it's so going to be a, a combination, really. And surely the MW in itself would would help with that as well, I guess. You know, owning owning a company and being an MW would probably help a lot in that regard. It does. But the other thing I will mention about the IMW, whether you pass or not, of course we want to pass, but as you know better than everyone, anyone else, it kind of exposes you to this kind of rich um, background of contacts. You know, you meet so many people and you share pain together and you're bonded by, by blood kind of thing. So yes, I mean, even before getting through the program, I've met some amazing people who I know I can still pick up the phone and ask questions and say, you know, I'm stuck in this kind of project. You know, what, what, what are your thoughts? Have you done this before? So if you know, I would say more than anything else, the, 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 the contacts you build over the, or the contacts I've built over the last couple of years have looked absolutely amazing. Max Janjo, thank you so much. Thank you, Susie. Just to add, uh, you can find the IMW's diversity policy on its website. Uh, and the website for Mags and Jancis' initiative is bamewineprofessionals.co.uk. Uh, and I'm sure you'll all join me in wishing Mags the best of luck uh, as he embarks on his MW studies. I think he's going to do really well. I think he'll do really, really well. But let's stop putting pressure on him. No, but he's, Careful. you know, he's, he's a, he's he's a good guy. And yeah, I think he's going to work. He's gonna, as he said, he's a wine geek. He's going to work he's really hard. He's a wine hard. nerd, aren't we all? Uh, embracing the inner nerd is something we like to do on this podcast, <laughs> isn't it? Uh, and many other things. Embrace whatever. Feeding, we'll just embrace everything. Feeding the nerd. We can almost embrace everything now, can't we? Almost. Nearly. Nearly. Nearly, not quite. Uh, this is definitely some embracing. You can do uh, whatever the state of lockdown. Um, someone who has some pretty sound advice uh, on what to do in the studies is Jackie Blisson. Now, Jackie became an MW in September 2020 after 20 years uh, in the wine industry. She's a native Montrealer who lived and worked in France for 12 years and then convinced her French winemaker husband, I think we should all have one of those, uh, to... to... <laughs> I'd love one. I'm sorry, <laughs> I said that shouldn't have said too that. <laughs> I've got a frog in my throat now. I might oh. have to uh, uh, have a quick break and I'll talk to you during this interview about that. Um, she, anyway, it's time to go back to Montreal with her. So they went back to Montreal and I asked Jackie for her top tips on passing the MW. Unfortunately, there's no miracle here. It's just consistent hard work. Oh, I was after I was after a I was after a shortcut to be honest, Jackie. I know. I think everybody is unfortunately, but just consistent 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 hard work. No more than that. Yeah, you know what I found really useful was to vary uh studying techniques, so not always to be um reading notes, but I recorded myself uh, I recorded myself saying my notes so that when I was cooking supper or walking my dog in the park, I could be listening to it. Mm. Um, I watched videos. So you're learning in different manners. Uh, study group, having a good study group, hugely, hugely important for me um, because it is a huge amount of work. So if you can cut that into, you know, more manageable chunks and share it out, but you have to make sure your study group are, you know, good good quality and uh, have a varied background. So you're really covering all your bases. That was also 
very important and getting advice, not, not being afraid. I have some um, uh, students that have reached out a lot to me since I've passed and then others who really haven't very much. And I found that it was, you know, getting as much advice as many MWs who will accept to receive your phone calls and emails, just hit them up for information. Very, very useful advice. Thank you. So what were the biggest challenges that you had to overcome? I think my initial challenge was really myself. Uh, when I first started studying, uh, my very first studies in wine were in Burgundy. I moved to Bonn and um, studied international wine commerce. And I was one of the only foreigners in the group. And all the French kids were saying, oh, mais qu'est-ce qu'elle fait là, la petite Canadienne? Uh, why is there a Canadian in this group? What would she possibly know about wine? So I think I went into the wine world with a bit of an inferiority complex. And when I got to Rusts, which is the first um, seminar and first year of MW, I thought, oh, goodness, here I am. There was a meilleur sommelier d'Europe in the group. There were buyers for major wine chains from lots of different countries. So just getting confidence, really trusting yourself, trusting your palate, going with your first instinct. Uh, it took me a while to build that up, I think. That's really, really interesting. Uh, Susie, Susie had a similar experience in Rusts, and I think that that... Oh, yeah. Getting, getting the confidence, getting the sense of I belong here, this is what I exactly. can do and I can start to sound as authoritative as these other people is, is, is half the battle for some people, isn't it? Absolutely. And that's one of the tricks is sounding authoritative, even when you're not quite sure, uh, you know, the master of wine, you need to sound masterful, don't you? Being plausible, uh, the great secret in life, I think. Um, and what about your your greatest high points? Let's let's we, 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 you know, passing is one thing, but were there really good things that you found doing the program or, or after the program? Oh, well, one of the great things for me was um, winning. A, there's all sorts of great competitions you can enter throughout the program. And I entered one, um, which was a trip to visit all of Axa Milizim's properties in uh, Bordeaux and in uh, Porto. So we were staying at Chateau Pichon Baron, which was just amazing. Uh, visiting a Petit Village in Pomerol, Sudero, doing a vertical 20 vintages back of Sudero, and then flying over to Noval in uh, the Douro. That was a huge highlight. And I was with some other students who were amazing on that trip. Um, at uh, one of the other seminars in Odney in the UK, uh, which is a great place for a seminar, I thought, really no distractions, real boot camp. Um, they had an evening of debate at the end, which I thought was loads of fun, especially because we won and we got amazing prizes, beautiful bottles of vintage Bordeaux and port and champagne. So <laughs> that was lots of fun too. Savoring those moments when you can relax and you can sort of... Absolutely. And just because that's when you're really making the connections and it sounds a bit cheesy, but one of the best things about the program for sure is the people you meet along the way. And in those sort of residential, those seminar weeks uh, and on those trips, that's when you really have the time to get to know other MW students, other MWs and uh, really make great friendships. Mm. And just to take you back to your scholarship point, um, what would you say to people maybe thinking about doing one or, or, or actually more generally, think people thinking about entering these sort of competitions? Or, or, Enter them all. Every single one, even if you think you have no chance to win, you never know. And also, I mean, it's just helping you study, right? Because for the most part, in order to win those competitions, you have to write essays. So you're practicing your essay writing technique. You're learning, you're researching a topic that might come up on an exam. So it's a win-win and you potentially might win a really cool trip. So mm, don't see a downside. Uh, how would you, this is a difficult one. How would you describe the whole experience, the whole studying for the Master of Wine experience to someone who has you know, zero interest in, in wine exams? Intense. It's sort of all encompassing. It becomes your life for the period that you're studying. At times exhilarating, at times 
incredibly defeating and demoralizing. Uh, it's a bit of a roller coaster, really, from from beginning to end. But you just learn so much. And I think it was one of the MWs, uh, Matthew Hemming, that said at one of the seminars. Um, I knew I was ready to pass the tasting exam when I started to enjoy it. And I thought, well, that's a lot of rubbish. How are you ever going to enjoy sitting an exam like this? But it did end up happening. And you have to remember that it is just wine. I know it's a lengthy process, an expensive process, but it is a product that we all love so much or else we wouldn't be there. So finding, getting the joy back, I guess, a huge range of emotions. It's an interesting point, though, because I think a lot of people are saying, how on earth could you take wine this seriously? Isn't this just an absurd thing to do with wine, which is essentially just something fun that you drink? I think all of my friends who are not in the wine industry thought that. I had many people say to me, oh, are you still doing that wine course? You know, sort of three years later, <laughs> thinking that maybe I wasn't really very good at it. Or you just loved and, it so much, you were just enjoying yeah, it. Yeah. Exactly. And they also just thought we were just sitting around drinking all day. But that was a brilliant choice for a career. It is too. <laughs> All right. So, so last question. Um, any other advice, you know, for, for current students or people maybe thinking they might give the Master of Wine a go? I think it's absolutely worth it, but you have to be ready. I think you really, really have to, first of all, um, take the prerequisites seriously, have sufficient number of, you know, years professional and educational experience in the wine trade and get some advice, talk to different uh, people that have either tried or, or passed the program and, and really, really say to yourself that you're a point in your life that you can dedicate that much time to study. There are brilliant people out there like you and Susie who will pass the first time, but there, there are many people that will take quite a while to get through. So you have to know that you're making a significant time commitment over a number of years and so you've really got to go in with your eyes open. Thank you. Uh, lucky is the other word for some people. Like <laughs> but uh, Jackie, thank you so much for talking to us. Oh, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for having me. I think it's a good tip to just enter as many awards as you can. I mean, you never know what might happen or what you might win or, or how they might change your life you know I mean you you won that that young wine writer award didn't you right at the start of your career and I think that really pretty much changed everything for you didn't it yeah but what I really want to talk about is this French winemaking thing <laughs> I don't think we've properly kind of cleared the air yet but <laughs> oh well you know yeah anyway uh can't 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 say more no all right well I'll, I'll, I'll go with your question still got... <laughs> so, it's still making this makes you not able to I talk can't actually speak. Is, why have i not <clears throat> cracked this before i can <clears throat> actually make you unable to speak and then i can Rendered just talk speechless. the entire time okay this is a new thing in our married <laughs> career uh, right so so yeah no the price yeah yeah i mean it wasn't really mw related was it but i genuinely didn't think i could make wine writing a career before then so yeah it changed everything actually uh gave yeah. me the confidence to try it and you know here we are 20 years and one mw down the line um I think a similar thing happened to you, didn't it? With the, there was a champagne award. Some, yeah, some I mean, of, yeah, that, that was a, uh, a WSET award. award. I did a, a champagne thing that led to my first, yeah, it did lead to my first ever proper writing feature, which, yeah, really mm. opened the door for me and um, kind of, I, th I think, was it kind of made me believe I could make this my, my yeah, sometimes career. it's just as simple as that, isn't it? Yeah. And that's something that Jackie touched on as well, isn't it? Having the confidence. The, just, the, you just, know, just to go for it. Enough, just, to, just, just something that yeah. gives you a little bit of extra confidence to say, 
I can do this. Yeah, it can go both ways, but we definitely, you know, encourage everyone to, to enter as many awards as they can. Um, so just one final point about Jackie. I hope she doesn't mind me sharing. Um, Jackie's got two boys, uh, four and six. Uh, apparently, she told me after we finished the interview. Is this she, personal information? It is she personal information. Away. Jackie, forgive I me hope if you've I'm asked speaking out of turn. But um, apparently, uh, they've been trying to, to get pregnant for ages. Um, and, and, and Jackie had put off doing the MW for years because of the same reason. And then apparently, finally, her husband and her said, do you know what? What? just just go for it sign up uh, her husband sort of pushed her to do it so she applied and she found out she was pregnant and she found out she got into the mw program on the same day no <laughs> i didn't know that you didn't um, tell me that no, it was amazing she, I, she, she, that I think is brilliant she said look oh, come on let's push the mw Whoa. back this is what's happening this is more important but her husband so said, she, she, she said let's stop let's, let's said, not let's do stop. it but her husband this french winemaker who we should all have a husband by the way does this doesn't preclude me having a french no you can have a french winemaker husband, winemaker can husband? Can uh, absolutely oh, well, well, like, we can deal, share fine. one if you like well no that would just be weird um, It'd all be fairly weird, wouldn't it? <laughs> if what you think you having a French winemaker husband is not weird in the first place. <clears throat> anyway, we're focusing moving on, on Jackie here <laughs> and Jackie's French winemaker husband. Don't shift the focus all the time. <laughs> Honestly, you can't get the podcasting companions these days, can you? Anyway, uh, her husband definitely encouraged her to sort of obviously he encouraged her first time to go on the program, and then and then when she said let's push the MW studies back, he said no, no. this is a sign. <laughs> And so uh, he said, you've got to carry on. So, you know, apparently she has memories of of rocking her son in his crib while writing blind tasting notes. Oh, gosh, that that takes me back. I seem to (laughs) remember doing something very similar myself. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, but children or no children, it's it's really good to hear, I think, isn't it, that you can make these things work somehow um, and succeed like Jackie has Mm. when, when life throws unexpected things at you. You can still do it. I think that's a nice point to end on, don't you? I do. Yeah, okay. All right. Well, um, we will look forward to seeing you all back here very soon after our summer break, winter break if you're in the Southern Hemisphere. Uh, Please don't forget about us. Did that sound plaintive enough? A little bit. A little bit pleading. We need the violins. Yeah, we do. Uh, Please keep those downloads or subscriptions switched on. Uh, You won't want to miss season three. And yes, please do, as I said, vote for us in the People's Choice Podcast Awards if you can. It's at podcastawards.com and we are in the arts category. Thanks to Mags Janjo, Sumi Sama, Jackie Blisson, Gabriele Gorelli and Peter Marks. And of course, thanks to you for listening. Until next time, cheers. Cheers.